right, welcome in everybody to the Hustle With Us podcast. I am Tristan Plunkett. To my right virtually is Craig Mushino. Craig, how are you doing today? Good, Tristan. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Craig, as always. Uh, we just got off the got off the line with Coach Sam Brand. He's actually the head coach at Baltimore Polytechnic Institute in uh, in down in downtown Baltimore. Just recently won his third straight state championship down there, so he's doing something right. Uh, Craig, what'd you think? Man, it was really fun talking with Coach Brand. Super insightful. I I really like the he's got such a strong kind of strategic mindset. I felt um, especially. When talking about balance for any coach, balance is so important. You know, he talked about balancing individual skills development versus team engagement and team, you know, overall team level development. Um, And then I also really enjoyed when he was talking about how he adjusts based on the capabilities on his team. You know, he adjusts his strategy based on what the team's giving him and he can be flexible like that. So I think really good advice for other coaches and players out there yeah brands he's just a really cool guy so Absolutely. it was really fun talking with him you can tell yeah i said this in, a, in the interview he is definitely a teacher you can tell that it demonstrates that here in, in his interview and he also talks a little bit about uh, reacting after a loss even though he hasn't experienced too many of them in recent years here you can't just throw away everything uh, after one loss you can't just throw everything in the trash and, and try and rebuild the rebuild the wheel here you gotta you gotta stick with it and stick with that strategy and whatever training plan got you there in the first place like i said three straight cha- state championships now so uh he's definitely he's definitely shown that that strategy has been a winner for him so i think with, without further ado let's get right into it here we go coach sam brand All right, real quick, folks, before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports Training app. Are you an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop an effective training program? Look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills, period. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master those advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or on the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, we have the pleasure of speaking with Baltimore Polytechnic Institute head men's basketball coach Sam Brand on here today. Recent winner of a 3A state championship down there in Maryland. That's a three-peat, I believe. Isn't that right, Coach? That is correct. Coach, this is uh, really appreciate you having, having you on today. Uh, we are just going to talk about some of, uh, some of your methods when it comes to game planning, when it comes to practicing, when it comes to these kids getting ready for their drills. Uh, or when it comes to coming up with new drills for these kids, and uh, sort of where you, where you come from, and really help out our, help out our athletes as uh, as they try to develop their own game plan. So you know, let's just, let's just start out. We know you uh, you had the you played actually at Baltimore Poly, Baltimore Polytechnic uh, for your high school days. Went on to play at Morgan State University, where I read that you actually currently hold or did hold the three point record. Isn't that right? I had all the three-point records when I finished playing, but a, a guy came along. I actually coached there for four years. Right after I finished playing, the guy, Reggie Holmes, who has every scoring record, three-point included, um, afterwards. But I, I was fortunate enough to 
um, be a part of his process as he broke all my records. But when I finished, I did have all the three point Nice. You helped him achieve what he was able to achieve, I'm sure. That sounds good. Well, I, I, I appreciate Reggie for he tells the story that way, so that way I don't <laughs> There it is. Well, that's I, I think that's that was probably your uh, you're dipping your toe into coaching there, and then you really nice. uh, took it head on once you went up once you went over to BPI. Tell us what that was like coming out of college. You know, you just played just finished up the four years there. Uh, started as a graduate assistant at Morgan State and uh, went back to BPI. BPI, now they had a program going before, but you really resurrected that program, didn't you? Yeah, so we, um, you know, it, it was an amazing experience getting to play Division One basketball and then getting to coach as well. Uh, got a chance to go to the NCAA tournament at my school, which was, you know, awesome experience. Um, but the opportunity presented itself uh, four years in um, to go back to my alma mater and uh, Baltimore Polytech, where really, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about the establishment of a program. Um, we had some success when I was at Morgan as a player, but nothing like um, the kind of success we had when I, I got to be able to coach there. And, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot of what, what entailed, what it entailed to, kind of create a program and establish culture and establish winning ways. And, you know, I really um, was interested in kind of doing that on my own. Um, and I uh, earned a master's in mathematics education uh, while I was coaching at Morgan. And right at the time when we had made our second straight NCAA tournament, we were, we were doing great. Um, I also was approached by uh, an assistant principal at my old high school and just basically asking that, you know, that the academically they were in turmoil. The program had never even been to a city championship in over a hundred years. And, you know, I'd just been a part of Resurrect and Morgan and I just finished my uh, master's degree in mathematics education and the time and worked out where I was ready to take on the challenge of uh, taking on my high school program. And it was funny that a lot of people at that time, warned me about taking a step back as if um, coaching in high school was, um, you know, that it, a lot of people look at it as not as prestigious as being in college, but that opportunity to have something that was my own, to do it with some friends. And then it was really intriguing to me that it had never been done. And the school had so much history behind it, but none behind a, uh, a boys basketball program. So that was the initial thought is to, to create something from what I had learned in my morning experience. Sure. So you did start that program there. Now tell us, was there any, any impediments, any, uh, anything that really stood in the way of, uh, of getting off the ground there and what were they and how'd you address them? Absolutely. Um, I think that any place where you're going to go that has history and that history is not a winning one, there's going to be a reason why. Um, the same way if, 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 if there is a winning tradition, there'll be a reason why as well. And what, you know, things, certain things that were done to get it to that point. So um, there was definitely um, – so Polly, and I think when you're starting any program, you look at the exact, um, you know, what, what the hurdles may be and what the strengths may be. And, and, and often they're actually the same thing. So at Polly, um, it's a public school in Baltimore City where obviously we have a lot of great basketball here, but it's also a magnet school academically, so it's not easy to get into. So I think in the history of the school, I think that one of the challenges was that there was either basketball guys in there who were really trying to make their way with the basketball program and didn't uh, quite understand what needed to be done academically with the rigors of 
being a part of, you know, such a tough academic school, or you had, you know, some good teachers who tried to coach a basketball team there where, um, you know, they maybe didn't, weren't able to keep up with the competitiveness of Baltimore City Athletics and, you know, in our league, um, but they were great academic people. So what I tried to be was that balance. And, you know, it first started with proving myself. I mean, I, I just come from coaching in college and playing in college, and there weren't that many Division One players that came out of poly before. So I had some credibility coaching in, in the basketball world, but um, absolutely, first and foremost, what I had to do was establish a culture of academic support and excellence among the guys to know that, you know, I'm not – you know, winning would be great, and I was, you know, I'm a very competitive guy. I wanted to win bad, but it, I, I wouldn't even be able to have a leg to stand on with my principal or with the community or with the parents if I wasn't qualifying guys and making sure our, our guys were um, academically supported. So if they were fortunate enough to get good enough where uh, they were being recruited at the college level that, you know, all, all their academics were taken care of and they were academically Nice. So, yeah, those are all really great, uh, great points and really good background on uh, how you can build a program like that. You were also involved with uh, USA Basketball, I heard, um, U16, U17 um, team, you know, that kind of stuff. How did you get involved there? So um, the relationship that I have with, um, so the Director of the junior national team right now, his name's Samson Coyote, and he actually started out as a film guy at Morgan um, when I was there as an assistant. And we um, worked, started a camp together. And really, you know, I, from, from that experience, what I tell people is because, you know, the reality is that it's a very elite and prestigious group of coaches to be a part of. And a part of me is like, you know, I, I know that there was a lot of people – you know, you won, you won one state championship. Why are you there? You won – even at, at this point, I think they – you know, with three in a row, I think they, they, they've got a reason to have me out there. But at first, it was like, you know, why are you there? And the, the truth and what I tell people is that from the beginning when I got into this, I, you know, I, I was relationship-driven. And I've always just had the mentality that I don't care if you're the head coach or you're a grad assistant or you're a manager – you know, whoever it is, I'm going to treat everybody with respect, really pay attention to my relationships and develop them with purpose. And Samson was one of those guys. And I think that what he remembered was is that when I was an assistant coach and he was a manager, um, that, you know, I, I showed him the same respect that I showed everyone else. And um, we developed a relationship the same way I developed my relationships across the board with people within the program. And it turned into – um, him giving me an opportunity and me taking advantage of it um, down the line. But really what it was is just, you know, um, I think a lot of the people that you come in contact with this, um, in, come, come in contact with in this business and, and really um, just in general that, I, I, that, you know, sports and basketball have been my thing. People that manage and take care of their relationships are successful. And mm-hmm. I'm a part of USA Basketball because – um, I, I feel like I have in, integrity in the way that I manage and take care of my relationships. No, that's great and really good story. Um, let's pivot into talking a little bit about skills development um, with, you know, Tristan and I, we work on the Hustle yep. app um, and a lot of what we do is related to the, you know, getting players the best drills out there, um, 
for the right situations and developing players. Um, let's kind of talk about the start of a season. You know, are there any specific drills or exercises you prefer um, to get your team ready to play, especially kind of as, as the season's kicking off? Um, you know, I, I think that, um, so, so a couple things, um, in terms of my favorite drills and, and then, and then what to do for each season, I really feel like, and I, I think in the development world, um, you know, um, being in the Baltimore area, there's, you know, a lot of op options for, to go for training and for development and for coaching. And you have to constantly, um, Think, you know, one of the advantages that I, I'm, I'm appreciative of is really seeing a bunch of guys that put a lot of time and energy, energy into it and how they do it and kind of picking and choosing what I take from it. So my, my one thing that I think is really important when it comes to development, especially as you approach a season, um, is that is to really have some good knowledge of self as to where your game is. So um, th there are certain guys that are going to need to create space with their offensive game through step backs, let's say. There are certain guys that, you know, adding that kind of movement or that kind of move into their game is something that really fits their game. And there are certain guys that, that no matter how long they play the game, they really will never need to take um, an off the dribble step back. Uh, or, or if they do, it's gonna be a very advanced uh, part of the game. So I say that to say, I think that what we look to do is really um, throughout the throughout the, the the spring and summer to really work and, and t we tell our guys look go develop everything become you know w whatever skill you want to work on you know really open it up play a lot um, work on your skill and really grow your game and don't have any limit to doing that and have fun with it and then when, when it comes down to the time when we're approaching the season in the preseason we want our drills to be more centered on two things one what you know what is your skill set if you're a guy that only needs you know two feet to get your shot off and you um you know if, if you get your feet set with a little bit of space you're a very dangerous weapon then i think that you need to focus in on the things that um that drills to do with footwork that create that last you know couple feet of space and then playing off of that space so whether it be you know inside pivot catch and shoots and now I'm attacking the closeout um, on the different ways that guys can close out on me because they, I know they got to run at me because I'm a shooter. And now you can kind of, um, you know, work your drills and the, uh, the skills that you're developing based on what you've gotten good at and what kind of shots you're going to get in the game. And I think that taking it to another level is that when you're focused on your game and then beyond that, where you're going to get shots in your coaches or your team's offense or system, you know, based on what you're best at. And then, you know, you get really, uh, you know, more specific as you go. And then you, you play the season, you're committed to the team, you go back in the off season and you're working on your overall game. And then I think each year, you know, come back and focus in on what, what it is you bring to the table and focus the drills around that. Got it. So you talked a lot about customizing specific drills based on individual players needs. How do you balance kind of between team drills and individual player drills, especially with a limited number of, you know, a limited amount of time that you can be with them practicing. 
Yeah, um, I think balance is a great word. Like I, like I was saying, that we try to focus on uh, different things, different parts of the year, so the balance is going to be geared toward that. So, like, you know, there's no point where we want guys not uh, continuing to grow individually. But when, um, when, when it's January and you're in conference play and you're heading towards your state playoff push, you kind of – we look around and we're like, look, this is who we are right now with this team – Let's really focus in on um, on the things that we know strategy-wise are working for us, and let's be the best at those things and focus in on ourselves. And then, you know, the balance goes more towards look. What are we what, what are we looking to add to your game in April? You know, what mm-hmm. what what can we what can we say that you know? Um, all right, last year you shot fourteen percent from the three, but I think that you know with a really strong summer and getting getting let's say twenty thousand reps of these kind of shots. You know, we feel like next year you can move that up to a, a place where you're taking that shot and making it consistently. Here's what we want to do. And then you plan the drills around that. So I think the balance depends um, on the time of year and what exactly the focus is developmental-wise during that time. Got it. Uh, now, great. Yeah, that's great answers there. Um, one, a tough question, and I know this doesn't happen very often, but what about after a loss? Yeah. You know, how do you adjust your strategy there? Um, I'll tell you what, um, you know, you, as a coach, you'd like to not have to learn from losses. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. But, but, you know, it really, it, it presents, I, I, I can say that one of our philosophies is I, I really could have in the past three years during these state championship runs, all three of our regional championships were on the road. So I say that to say that we were never a top seed going into our state playoffs. And it's because we purposefully make our schedule harder than any other public school in the state. And we know it might affect the seating wise, but the reason why we do that is because, you know, our first state championship, we played Simeon from Chicago earlier in that season. And we Mm -hmm. played him really tough at home in Baltimore. And, you know, Simeon is a well-known program and for good reason. Um, We're in a dog fight with them. Um, At the end of the game, we cut it to one with a three with like seven seconds left and the ball goes through the net with about seven seconds left. It takes them like two or three seconds to get the ball and take it out of bounds. And then they just stand there with it because we have no timeouts left and they know there's nothing I can do to stop the clock. Uh It was a tough way to lose. You know, everybody got hyped, but their team knew, look, this game's over. The ball went through the net. I got, I got enough time to take it out and just hold it. We don't have to play anymore. So later we're in the state championship game. Our guys at the free throw line, we're up by we're up by four, and he says he looks over. He said, "Coach, I'm missing this. Guys, don't touch the ball. The game's over." <laughs> and it was it was really funny because that the exact situation that we that happened to us in the loss versus Simeon, we were in the on the other side of that in our state championship game, and everyone knew that the game was over, and it was just easier not to foul a three point shooter and um, in that situation. And and that's just you know a microcosm of what we've had, the, you know, our experience has been is let's play the best teams we can possibly play. Let's take some losses if we have to, and let's learn from them. Let's make sure that we're losing the teams that are putting a lot of work and time into preparing to beat us so that when we do, you know, we're losing the formidable opponents and we can really learn some, some important lessons from it. But in terms of do we change our strategy, do we change our outlook with the loss, I feel like um, you don't want your players to be too reactionary on losing a basketball game, so you can't be too much that way as a coach. 
um, while at the same time as we were talking about balance earlier, you have to be open to, you know what, maybe my team, uh, maybe my team isn't a pressing team. Maybe this team will do a little bit better with the zone. Let me try, let me try the, the, the zone pressure versus the man pressure I've been running. I think there's, you know, you need to be humble enough to, to be open to new ideas, but then also be confident enough in your preparation and all the time that you put it in the off season that, you know, you're not just going to scrap everything because it didn't work one game. Sure. Yeah. No, you, you definitely want to keep that strategy uh, going forward. Whatever you establish there in the beginning of the season is what. Obviously, for three after winning three straight state championships, I think you're uh, I think you're doing something right over there. Well, I tell you though, in in each in the first and third year, um, so two years ago and then this year, we had I would say our best defense in the state playoffs was I I wouldn't have said that that was our best defense in December, you know. So we allowed you know things to happen throughout the year. You know, you want to stay open and 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 grow. You don't want to be the exact same team. In, in February that you were in November. Um, so for sure you want to grow and you want to allow that to happen. Okay. Um, but, 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 you know, I think that's part of it is you have, you don't want to, like, I'm definitely not the kind of guy that says I like flex offense. All my teams are going to run it. Doesn't matter who I have. Doesn't matter what kind of players I have. They're going to adjust to me. Um, I'm always looking to adjust to meet the needs of my team. Okay. Yeah. So tell us about that. Tell us about that process a little bit. I know it's like, it's kind of a broad question, but is there something you can, you can zero in on about, uh, about uh, implementing that growth and the strategies behind it. And then also, you know, just the, just having to meld all these different types of skill sets to what that strategy is and achieving that growth. Yeah. Um, with the young generation of, of athletes, you know, it's very important for them all to feel, to have investment in what the team's goals and, uh, you know, what the plans for the team are. are. And, you know, what, what I try to do in that process, um, so to get specific, um, I, I referred to our first state playoff run. So we had a guy who um, we had in our, in our first state championship run, we had a senior who's at Temple now as a sophomore, Devondre Perry. And then we had a junior who's at Long Beach State right now named Demetrius Mims. And they were our two, you know, highest profile guys. But we had a, a guy who was so um, tenacious on the ball. And it was, it was to the point where he's actually um, – he's playing Division II basketball now in West Virginia um, at um, Alderson Brodus. And he, um, he was just the best on-ball defender I'd ever coached. And I was like, you know, the, the things that he's doing to the opposing team's uh, best guard, you know, I, I wanted to accentuate it more in our defense. So what we did was we started um, running a, a run and jump in the backcourt with – we would basically find out who they had that run the ball at the court um, you know, who are their primarily, primary ball handler? We, we identify that either within scout or within the first minute or two of the game. And we would put him on their primary ball handler. And he just was he, – he could turn anyone in the backcourt. He could make anyone have a little bit of trouble bringing it up. So we would send a guy on the weak side. We would make it, the team play fast. We had a bunch of athletic guys behind him. So it was a way to really start off pressure defense to take the ball out of their primary ball handler's hands you know, put them in a tough situation, make someone else be a playmaker. And it was a defense that we rolled throughout the state playoffs. And it was really geared towards the fact that we had an elite guy doing that. 
Um, you know, if we have, we have, you have an, a, an elite level shot blocker um, and on your team, um, which we had a few years back, we, we changed our philosophy as to where we didn't really, we, we didn't care too much about getting beat off the dribble as long as we were able to apply crazy amounts of pressure. And, um, and we were, we, so we were denying one pass away and putting crazy amounts of pressure on the ball because we know we had a guy sitting at the rim who just made it so hard for people to finish at the rim. So we kind of adjusted and said, you know what? And, and he wasn't our best player. So I think that was an even um, – that was a cool part about it. This year we ran um, a morphing zone defense from um, a 3-2 to a 2-3, and we put our athletic five who could guard multiple positions at the top of the 3-2, and then he would kind of drop back into a 2-3. Um, based on certain reads with the way that they were running their zone offense. And all, so all three of those cases, we had guys that necessarily weren't our best player, but they had an elite defensive skill. Mm-hmm. And we changed our, our, our entire defensive philosophy to fit that skill and empower somebody on the team that wasn't necessarily a star. And I, I think it paid big dividends in terms of ownership with the guys. Um, and then it was an example of uh, what you were asking about you know, making an adjustment to your style of play based on who you have. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and that's 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 what it's all about, based on who you have and what their skill set is. So let's say and you're you're pretty well seasoned to this now. You're you're getting towards the end of the season. You're making that postseason push, or you're already in it. You might be dealing with some injuries or fatigue. What's yep. uh, what's the strategy in addressing that, especially with young players? And is there any drills you like, or any uh, any training exercises you like that uh, to to counteract those uh, those effects? Well, I, I tell you what, um, when it comes to injury and fatigue late in the season, um, you know, what you did in the off season is going to be huge. Um, the time that you put in, um, you know, we're a public school in Baltimore, but we are fortunate enough to have a really great relationship um, with a guy named Eve Joseph, who's a doctor up the street. He runs a pivotal, a pivot uh, physical therapy location, not too far from our school. So that's, you know, we do yoga year round. We do um, strength and conditioning year round. We make sure our guys are doing stuff, um, you know, taking care of your body. It's something that, you know, I, I came up, I was high school, I graduated high school in 1999. Taking care of your body, I think we all knew it was important, but, you know, we sprained our ankle, we tied our shoe tighter, and we kept going. Yeah. You know, we didn't really, I didn't think about what my pregame meal was in high school. I didn't think about, you know, what kind of diet that I would need to, you know, maintain the lifestyle that I had. Um, whereas now, you know, the more that you pay attention to everything about your your body year round, the better you're able to handle the rigors of a season. Um, and then, you know, with, with young guys now, I mean, you go right into AAU basketball afterwards. Um, there really is not much of a, of, of a downtime. Um, so I say that to say that, you know, one, the three-hour practice year-round is, is, is not it, – it's just, you know, coaches have learned to be a lot more efficient. They've learned that, you know, it's not the best thing for guys' bodies to maximize their athleticism. Um, so being more efficient is really important for a coach and keeping things fresh. We do a lot, of, a lot more game situation um, uh, and skill work late in the year. But we're, we're, we're really working on get better, getting better at certain situations in the game and you know, and having guys get used to playing up three, down three um, late in the season. So we go hard for not as long a period of time um, in terms of my, you know, my adjustment is to shorten the time and, 
and try to pick up the intensity a little bit. Um, but, you know, with the guys and with your program, it's really about what do you do year-round for injury um, prevention and for, you know, maintenance of health. Um, you know, we, we, what we eat is really important to us, you know, and, and, and what we do with our bodies. I mean, it's, it's just a message that, like you said, I mean, yes, one player goes down, your whole season changes. Mm -hmm. So when you got all your guys, um, you know, we, we've been very fortunate in this area, and it hasn't been because of luck. Yep. That's great. Coach, you walked us through kind of the season end to end and the off season, a lot of really great information. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about kind of getting that edge through technology. Mm. You know, what role does technology play in your coaching now? Um, and then kind of looking forward, what role do you see it playing in the future? Well, you know, so I'm an educator first by profession. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a math teacher. And the way that people learn was, so when I was a grad assistant in college, um, that was, I remember one of my teachers saying that, you know, you, you want, that she wanted us, or one of my professors was saying that she wanted us to understand how people teach and how people learn math. And those weren't two separate ideas to me until I met her and, and you know, understood what she was saying and that, and, and so the, the way that people learn now is through technology. And if you want to teach them new things, you better incorporate it. Um, so I, you know, the answer to your question. So right now we have, uh, we have crossover as our film editing software. We, uh, we communicate through group chat and a, and a team app. I would like to use it more um, in terms of like, in terms of rep repetition and holding each other accountable with X amount of reps. You know, we have our, our guys, they make their own highlight videos. I got fast draw where I'll send it to, I'll send a play to a guy and tell him this is something we're going to, or to the guys and tell them this is something we'll, we're going to put in for sideline out of bounds situation um, in the next couple games. But, you know, to answer the question, I try to incorporate technology as much as possible because I know that my players get excited about new technology and it is just the way that they learn. So if I want our guys to learn something new, I try to figure out a way to incorporate technology and teaching it to them because I know that's how they want to learn. Nice. Now, good stuff. So before we wrap up, um, something that we do with a lot of our guests, we ask them a few kind of rapid fire questions. Yep. So um, let's go right to that rapid fire round. Tristan, you have the first question. All right, let's get into it. All right, let's start off easy. Favorite sports movie, Sam? Excuse me, favorite sports movie, Coach? Um, he got game. Nice. All right. Who is the coach across any sport that you admire the most? Mm. Doc Rivers. Nice. Okay. Are there any uh, YouTube channels or any kind of technology outlets you'd like to check out for coaching tips? I, I, I go to uh, I go to actual coaches for my coaching tips. I tell you what, I, there's a couple of people I follow on Twitter that have, have Brian Williams is a guy I can think about that just has some great sets and just some great quick stuff on coaching. There's some great follows on Twitter that I have. I think are my best ways to do that. Good one. Um, this one's my favorite question. What's your favorite basketball shoe of all time? Mm, I would say. Uh, Charles Barkley, 90, I want to say 98, Charles Barkley, 98. They had like a, uh, like a tiger print almost on the side. It was when, he was, when he was with the Suns? He was with the Suns. That was, 
that was an elite era for me basketball wise. I love that team. I love Charles Barkley, and those were they had like some Air Max and purple and and orange. I, I love those shoes. Coach, thank you for joining us and lending us so much of your time tonight. Really appreciate it, and uh, definitely think our our young athletes are going to benefit from all that information you were able to to bestow upon us there. Uh, any final any final thoughts? Any any organizations? Any type of charities you'd like to give a plug to? Any social media? Anything like that? You know what? I uh, I'm a coach Sam Brand on all my social media outlets. I, I try to do as much uh, in the community as I can. So if you follow me, I, you, you'll follow something I got. Appreciate you guys having me though. I can't tell you how much appreciate sharing. It's 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 the next level of what I want to do. I can I can I can see that. Now you're definitely an educator uh, first and foremost, and that that definitely uh, reigns through here via our podcast. So. Appreciate it again here, Sam. Uh, Coach, excuse me. I really got to work on that. Oh, good. (laughs) So really really appreciate your time again here, Coach, and uh, good luck next season. All right, guys. Take it easy. All right, thanks.